Andrew Winchester here with Autumn Privet, and this is the Reading Women Podcast, where we're reclaiming half the bookshelf by discussing books written by or about women. And this is episode 36.5, which is an episode in collaboration with the Friendlier Podcast. Hi, Kendra. Hi, Autumn. How are you? Good. This is going to be exciting. Yeah, this is our first chatty episode uh, that we've ever done in the history of the podcast, which is pretty cool. This is what it would like actually be like if you came to our house and we gave you warm beverages and just talked to you. This is true. This is true. So if you guys are wondering what on earth we're doing, every fifth Wednesday that exists, we do something a little different. We experiment. We have a bonus episode. And this is what this is. Indeed it is. And we're excited to do it. Should be fun. Adam, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Friendlier Podcast and why we're collabing with them? Yeah, so the wonderful women over at the Friendlier Podcast reached out to us a couple weeks ago and said that they had done collaborative podcasts with other podcasters before and had a lot of fun. And they asked if we would like to do one with them. And since they also love books and uh, reading and sharing great books, that we decided that it would be a great fit for us. So their podcast, they say, is the friendlier podcast is like eavesdropping on a phone call between Sarah and Abby, the two co-hosts. Um, they're longtime friends and parents, and they say that they love to talk and read and eat. And every episode, they review books, share recipes, and like explore random and sometimes serious topics. So... They're a lot of fun. So today we're doing a chattier episode, and we both, the Friendlier Podcast and Autumn and I, are going to be doing an episode on a topic. And so we're both going to be talking about social media and books. So over on the Friendlier Podcast, Sarah and Abby are doing their spin on the topic. So we'll definitely want to go check out their podcast, and we'll have that linked in our show notes and on our website and all the places. So just go check them out. And then today we're going to be talking about social media and books and how that, how our experiences have been with that. Yeah, we're really excited to do this. This is pretty cool. It's like two people getting the same assignment and seeing how they do their own personal spin on it. <laughs> yeah, and I think for us, it's a really relevant topic because a lot of the people we've met through the podcast and a lot of the books that we found have been through social media. And so and actually, probably this podcast exists because of social media. <laughs> so we're really excited um, just to kind of dialogue about it today. So I guess we should start from the beginning then with this topic. So Autumn, what was one of the first books that you heard about through social media and or the Booknet? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mendel. So I remember seeing like the, the photos on probably my Instagram page and just being really drawn in by the cover. And I up until that point, I'd not really read anything that was dystopian, really. Like I had read Cormac McCarthy's The Road and kind of hated it because... That's a different story for another day. <laughs> but it's a funny story, so be sure to ask me. But so, like, I really wasn't, I really didn't know anything about it, but it was getting really good reviews online, and I think I saw it on Goodreads, too. And so I picked it up, and I loved it. And, like, now Emily St. John Mandel is one of my favorite authors, and I don't know that I would have read her as soon as I did had it not been that I saw it online first. Yeah, I remember we read this right after um, we got out of grad school, and you picked this up and were raving about it. And I think this is actually first when we started reading a lot of the same books. And I remember you talking about this one, uh, Salvage the Bones, and Donna Tartt's The Goldfinch. And those were the three that yes. you really raved about. Good memory. You know, I try. 
I try. <laughs> if I ever need to know something, I just ask Kendra. She keeps track of it for me. I mark time. By what books was I reading around that time? <laughs> <laughs> like Autumn was getting married. She was reading Harry Potter. Yes, I was. <laughs> Book seven, by the way. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think, you know, I think probably traditionally people found books through local bookstores and I still go to my local bookstore or wherever I am, go to the local bookstore where I am just to see like what the booksellers there are featuring and what people are reading. Um, but like where the hometown that I grew up in, there wasn't really a local bookstore, which is sad. And so there really wasn't a way for me to be exposed to new kinds of books and a variety of books. I mean, of course, I went to the library, but even at that, it's not quite the same. Really, the internet and social media in particular opened up a whole new world of books to me that I just had no idea existed before. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, we had to travel 45 minutes just to go to the tiny mall borders. May it rest in peace. Uh, So I remember combing through the YA section there, but I also remember my library you know they've had they've always had a lot of stuff but uh, I was talking to a librarian over Christmas and she was telling me that if a book isn't checked out uh, in x amount whatever last six months or something or however they do it then the book is you know gone from the library so you may not have the book that you're particularly looking for so social media is a great way to be able to find books that you're looking for and then order them online or whatever. So the internet has really opened up a literacy for a lot of people, not just through social media and stuff, but also through Kindle, because you can get cheap books wherever you are in the world, really. Well, and even just the other day, like I live in Atlanta and our library system is quite large, but there is a book that I saw on Goodreads that I was like, oh, I really need to read that. And I went in looked in the library and they didn't have it. So like maybe because it hasn't been asked for yet or maybe because who knows. So, so social media is just magnificent. I w- well, I guess I should say before we move on to talk about like other parts of of the book turnet <laughs> as we, we call it. Um, <laughs> if you haven't read Station 11, I highly recommend it. Emily is a great writer, and if even if you're like not a fan of kind of dystopian kind of fiction, her write her story is really accessible in that it's not like too dark or too heavy or too whatever it is that <laughs> is too much about dystopian fiction. Um, and I've read some of her other books too since reading this one, and she's just a really amazing writer. Um, and she's Canadian too, so if you've heard our discussion about why is it that more Canadian authors aren't publicized in the U.S., well, you can add this one to your list. I was going to say that we just assume that they're American. Like, yeah. And I know that's pretty horrible to say, and that's a bad, that's, that's shame on us Americans, but it's true. And then it's like, what, Margaret Atwood's Canadian? Right. <laughs> uh, sad Americans. Anyway, I uh, recently answered a question, what are your three favorite Canadian authors? Uh, I surely should have thought of Emily St. John Mandel now. I'm kicking myself for you that. should have. She has a new book coming out next year. <gasps> Her and Hilary Mantel. It's going to be right here. 2019. I don't know why I'm already looking forward to 2019. Because just... we're impatient and we like reading. I know. I have. Someone, someone I used to work with just finished the their book for 2019. And they're getting it ready for ARCs and stuff for this year. And so I was like, man, I can't believe I have to wait an entire year before it comes out. I'm just like, what are you doing to me? Slow down, Kendra. Slow down. 
I also love Emily St. John Medell because she also writes about the pre like end of the world stuff, which I really loved. And it was one of the first books that had such a wide multi uh, perspective type viewpoints and the, the different viewpoint characters, sort of like David Mitchell, but not, you know, mm-hmm. um, I really I really love that book for that. And so I'm glad that we found it, which was really cool. What was the first book that you heard about on social media? Oh, man, I don't know because I was finishing up my last few classes when you were doing this whole internet thing with books and you were telling me about them. <laughs> so I was still reading Virginia Wolf um, and stuff. I remember looking up books online when I was a kid and uh, Overdrive first came out and our library was one of the first ones to get it, I believe. So I would comb through the entire Overdrive library, which I still do to this day. Only now I have like four different ones, five different ones. I don't know. I don't really know. I didn't really get really into book internet until Litzy, actually. Mm, I guess I didn't realize that. Let me see when I open my Goodreads account. Doesn't it tell you that on your account? Wow. I joined Goodreads in 2009. You beat me on Goodreads, Autumn? How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> That's almost 10 years. <laughs> I feel like I should throw myself a Goodreads birthday party when I reach 10 years on Goodreads. You should. You should. That's mind-blowing. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad we found this out while we were recording. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I'm a diehard Goodreadser. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> I want to see my chat, too. Anyway. So something that we did want to talk about with books and social media is actually, like, the social aspect, I should say, is book clubs. Because that traditionally has has been how people share books. And there's, like, this whole idea of, about what is a good book club book and about, like, what makes a good book club book. Well, I feel like a book club is, like, the strength of a book club rests solely on the people who are in it. It's very true. I think the stereotypical book club that you see in, I guess on like TV and stuff is like, it's a wide variety of people. So they kind of read generalist kind of books. I don't know how else how to, how to say it. Yeah. Usually a lot of middle-aged women drinking wine and reading like glorified romance novels is I think the stereotype. I think so. And I don't know why. Like, And, you know, Autumn and I, we were in a book club after, you know, RMA. So it was a bunch of, like, super English nerds. So we read a lot of random stuff. And uh, we, eventually, we eventually rearranged it so that we everyone read what they wanted to, but on a particular topic, which is kind of an interesting way to change it up. I find that very interesting. But from moving from book clubs, you went to book blogs in the late... Uh, 2000s to early 2010s or whatever it's called. I don't know what the early 2000s. What are those called? Josh says the early aughts, but I think it sounds dumb. Yeah, I've heard that too, and I've heard the early knots, and I don't really know. Like, is someone misspeaking? I don't know what's going no, on here. No, we're just so, not cultured enough to say fancy words like that. Apparently not. <laughs> Whatever the case is, book blogs were big, and I even had a blog when I was a teenager. I'm not surprised. I had like five, I think. <laughs> I remember I totaled the car and I posted pictures online and my parents were like, why did you do that? And I'm like, because it happened to my life. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, I remember when Blogger was like all that. And I don't think they've updated since the early 2000s. And when I go back to it, I'm like, 
Oh, look how ancient <laughs> and quaint. But, you know, they were really popular, and that's actually how Book Riot started, was a bunch of book bloggers got together, and they started this website, and then they moved from book blogging to social media. For better or worse. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, so I, it was funny, interesting, uh, funny, interesting, whatever. Uh, anyway, like it's like people talking about how publishing has had to change marketing strategies. Instead of sending it to a few big audience people, they're not having to send out to a lot of smaller people. Like us. Right. So it's really interesting how like they've had to change their strategies and how they market books and how, you know, instead of having like people who their literal job is to review books, you know, have a lot of people who do it as like a side thing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, some some of my favorite book reviewers are obviously Liberty Hardy, who we had on the podcast last year, who are people who read for a living and do an amazing job. Yeah, and I think that it's this small network of people who are really, truly passionate about books that are really the engine for the book industry right now. Like, I remember, like, it still blows my mind. Like, you know, I'm a writer, right? And I graduated from college the year after the recession. I remember everyone saying how print was dead and newspapers weren't going to be a thing anymore and no one was going to be reading physical books anymore and there are some days when I look at my piles of books and all the new ones that come in all the time I just like ha 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 vindication like (laughs) you are wrong we still stand like we'll always be here um but yeah, <laughs> I digress. No, I think it's definitely people still love print books. And I think also the accessibility of audiobooks and ebooks. You know, you don't have to just pick one, you can choose all of them, which is what I choose. But right. obviously, people still love, even if I've never actually read the print book that I own, if I read it in another format, if I really love it, I want to own it in print. There's just something about that security of having that print book. So if I see it somewhere and I really pick it up either at my library on audio or I pick it up as an ebook on a super sale or whatever, eventually if I really love it, I'll want it in print somehow. Yeah. And I think back to libraries again, especially with audiobooks and ebooks, like it really, I think, has opened up doors for people who are, who can't read or who are, I mean, not like who can't read all the time or who need larger print or have migraines or have trouble seeing it just opens up a whole new world of possibilities for them and um, libraries have a lot of resources for that and hopefully the more people use these resources the more robust these resources will become which would be a great thing yeah and I definitely definitely agree as someone you know we've talked about this I think a little bit on the podcast but you know I have I grew up with migraines and so did my brother and so we used the library you know a ton and so I was talking to the librarian over Christmas I even as you might have guessed I went back and I found my favorite librarian on a whim and I talked to her that day and she was like oh my goodness and she was the first person you know I gave the first story I wrote was when like when I was five and I gave it to her and she said she still has it and I'm like oh wow anyway so I was talking to her and you know, they're cutting library budgets and libraries are having to find new ways to uh, find, um, you know, income. They're trying to find new ways to, you know, draw patrons, different things. But for people who don't have the money to spend on actual physical books, audio, you know, libraries are in, invaluable. Like, especially Overdrive, uh, you think One Click, one click Digital, uh, Hoopla, all of these resources are so important. I was actually talking to a librarian this past summer who was telling me, you know, I was asking her, you know, she's she's like the head of education or like regional education or something like that. So her whole job is to go around and help people know like 
what resources the library has and like set kids up with library cards. And she was telling me that like a lot of people just don't know like the resources that a library has. Like our library, you can get a zoo pass for one day. You know, you can check it out at your library. I know. How cool. I know. I know. So if you have a library that you love, share the love because they're doing great work and I think they're underappreciated. It's very true. Yeah. As someone who uses many of them. (laughs) My librarian recognizes me now. (laughs) He told me the other day, he's like, you seem to come in here a lot. (laughs) I do. Do you like, here's my card. Listen, go listen to the reading moment. (laughs) Oh, anyway. So, Bookstagram. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, you are the queen of Bookstagram. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, Um, Bookstagram. (laughs) We'll leave that up to the algorithm. (laughs) So, yeah, I would say that Bookstagram, which is... The book, the people who talk about books on Instagram um, is my favorite just because I think that it's an old, tired trope. You know, you can't judge a book by its cover. But I think that there are so many amazing book designers now that a cover really sells. And I think especially in like inundated markets and things like that. And, you know, we're they say we're becoming an increasingly more visual culture that I think that you know, a pretty book goes a long way. And I have found so many wonderful people on Instagram who are dedicated readers who read widely and who read diversely and write amazing, like short little reviews. I, it, yeah, it's still probably my favorite way to find books. Yeah, it's really beautiful, like you said. And like, I know some people can go on the crazy and get a little over stylized, but sometimes people yeah. find a beautiful balance between that and they'll just have these setups and you're like, I can see myself sitting in that coffee shop reading that book. And I think it's so beautiful to see that and then you have on the flip side you have people who are very simplistic who just talk about the book and I really enjoy that and also okay when you have an entire account dedicated to ice cream smashed on books yes like yes that is the epitome of glorious that's that's dedication (laughs) um and there's a lot of amazing bookstagrammers that we follow. Um, and if you just want to go through and see who we're following, that's a great way to find some if you're looking for some new people. The people I can think of off the top of my head are like well-read black girl. Amazing. Highly recommend it. Like, go follow them. We Need Diverse Books is also a great feed to follow. And there's many, many more that I've left out. One of my favorites is Samaya. Samaya Books. Oh, hi, Samaya. I love her stuff because she I, she's the one I was thinking of, like the perfect balance between stylized yeah. and just beautiful pictures of books. And she also has a wonderful cat named Gatsby. I know. Uh, and he's so fluffy like my Agnes. And it's great, too, to follow like international book people too because we can get uh you know we live in america and we can get so stuck in like how we do books or like where we buy them or how we get them um i just had someone from france message me today asking a question about the reading women challenge and i'm like whoa it's so cool that (laughs) we get to connect with like readers in saudi arabia and readers in france and readers in south america and it's just it makes me happy (laughs) That, that is really cool. And I didn't realize how many, like, I don't know, English readers there were. I just really, I do really love Bookstagram. I think it's really beautiful. And uh, sometimes I'll just look at people's posts and I'm like, how did you create such a beautiful photo? I have no idea. But I, I love you anyway. <laughs> 
I know. And I want to give a shout out to, to Charlotte over at what I read. Um, she has a beautiful account and she goes to these amazing bookstores in like nowhere England that look like, oh, all the books are like so old and they're like old penguin editions and stuff. And it just makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. <sighs> so I think another one that is on the Booktornet social media, um, and I use Booktornet because it's just the easiest way to say all of the things. I don't, it's not really a term, but it will be one day. I am sure. Um, that's <laughs> uh, So BookTube is another one. And that is something that really began, I guess, five or six years ago from the videos that I've seen. Uh, it's now grown into a huge segment of YouTube. It now has its own panels at YouTube conventions, all sorts of things. They have hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And I will say that while I'm mainly in the literary book world and uh, I... There, the YA booktube is way bigger than the literary fiction. So I'm not very familiar with the YA booktube. I do watch some crossover people who read both, um, like Books and Lala and uh, Joss over at Schools Reads. Uh, but I really love booktube. I think it's a very interesting way to have people review books. Yeah, this is definitely your domain. I think I found a lot of people when I was working for Litzy, and I found a lot of just entertaining people. And there is really a talent that in communicating. One of the people that I love is Jen Campbell, who we interviewed a few months ago. And she just has a great way of not only talking about books, but like being entertaining while talking about books and communicating very well verbally, which is very much a very difficult skill. I've got to be honest. Uh, so <laughs> she does a great job with that. And I've also kind of fell into the rabbit hole of editing and filming and equipment and all of this stuff. And it's just a fun way to do books and illustrate books and there's a way that you can show books in a more like when you have the ability of movement as opposed to Instagram which is a still mm -hmm. then you have you can show the book you can show the end papers and you can do all of these different things I think it's a little bit easier to be conversational on video too yeah I think so like there's only so much you can do in a caption it's true and you can see expressions and uh you know you can see the book. Like when I buy a book, sometimes I'm curious at how big the book is and, you know, what's the paper quality and everything. So you can actually see that on BookTube. Hashtag deckle edges. I love deckled edges. I know, right? You know, some people don't like deckled edges. Well. I'm sorry if you, everyone, if you're listening and you don't like deckled edges, I will take your deckled edges. I will give them a home <laughs> if you really hate them. Just, just I'm here all, for you. There's all kinds of book lovers, Kendra. I know, but I just want to make sure that the books are loved, you know, cared for, appreciated, <laughs> petted, <laughs> snuggled in every night. I get to. Sometimes I get to. if I get a new book, I'll be sitting in bed and Sammy's like, you only can bring one book to bed, Kendra. You can only bring one book to bed. <laughs> oh, man. I have uh, books everywhere. Anyway. It's, it's true. All right. So book Twitter is another one. Yes. And this is another one that we are kind of trying to find our way around. In. And it seems like Twitter, like I follow a lot of authors on Twitter, like Christine Hung Oakley, and I follow Celeste Ng, and I follow um, lots and lots and lots of other people, Ethel Rowan and Chloe Benjamin. And it's, it's a lot of fun to like get a day in the life with a lot of these authors. Yeah, I really enjoy Twitter and I enjoy seeing other authors interact with each other on Twitter. And it's sort of like you have a direct access to someone you normally would never be able to talk to. 
Uh, Roxane Gay obviously has an amazing Twitter feed. Maureen Johnson. Uh, there's just so many different people talking about different things, and you get to see the author's life outside of their writing life as well. It's fun, too, like, as you said, to see them interacting with each other on Twitter. It always makes me happy. Yeah, and I feel like I posted, for, for example, I posted a feed of some of my most anticipated books, and I got so much interaction from that feed than, like, almost anything I've ever done in my life. <laughs> And like, no. and I was like, this is really cool, though. The authors can see that I'm really excited about their books. You know, publishers can see that. And, you know, a lot of authors like interacted with that. And it was just something that if Twitter had if Twitter hadn't existed, like I wouldn't have been able to do. So it was just something that made you think about Twitter as a platform and I don't know all the deep things. But it was really fun. Yeah, it's really cool. And I'm I'm a Twitter. Well, I mean, I've had my Twitter account for forever and a day. I really am only starting to try to use Twitter recently. So if anyone has any tips, send them my way. I promise I won't be tweeting about my breakfast if you follow me. Well, Autumn, you do actually Instagram your breakfast quite frequently. No, I don't. Donuts everywhere. That's not real breakfast. That's what I want people to think I have for breakfast. What I really have is like whole wheat toast and a banana. So that's not exciting. Well, at least it sounds healthy. Yeah, it, I mean it is. <laughs> You're like, yes, Kendra, I put a lot of effort into it. <laughs> Enough about my breakfast. Let's talk about books. So one of the things I think is really interesting to see is that as social media has grown, so has like the bookish personality. Like we've already mentioned Liberty, and her, you know. She's amazing on all social things. Like, I don't even know how she does it all. But, like, bookish personalities on, um, you know, BookTube or Twitter or Instagram and being able to see what they read. Well, and I think, too, it's like the kind of thing where you find your tribe, right? Like, you find people who have similar tastes or similar interests than you as you. And there are people you kind of, like, check to see what they're reading and reviewing like what I'm well and even like on Goodreads now if I see a book and it gets five stars by Roxane Gay guess what I'm going to be reading in the next six months that book that book yeah absolutely yeah it's really interesting and I think it's interesting how we're talking more about social media rather than Goodreads because I think Goodreads for my like other people use it differently but for me Goodreads has kind of turned into something I use as a reference rather than finding books, if that makes sense. Yes. So I use it as a catalog for things that I have read, things I want to read. I make lists over there, but I don't actually find books I want to read over there. Sometimes I do. Um, now that I follow, now that I have a lot more friends on Goodreads, if I see someone shelve something that I'm interested in, then I'll find a book that way. But it is not as often. You know, I will say this as a general whole for the Bookturnet and for Goodreads is that, you know, one of the things that I've been learning as we're moving forward is that a lot of people have a lot of different opinions and it's just not, it's not personal. It's just books. And so you're just moving, meandering along. And I put my opinion out there, but it's no, it's not, it's just, it's just my opinion. Like if you disagree, that's fine. We could still be friends. Autumn and I even disagree sometimes. (gasps) We do. And Samuel and I's relationship was built on disagreement. (laughs) So... (laughs) So like, no, I mean, it's like, it's true. Like there, are, I mean, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now, but there are books that I've read where I've been like, meh, and Kendra is like 12 stars. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I think there's been like three. 
I can think of. We disagreed on Trill a while ago, like a year ago. Yeah, we did. I, I enjoyed that one more. I like um, Samantha Irby more. I think it's a sense of humor. I think I figured that out with us. Yeah, I think it is. So, like, if they, you know, connect with humor. So that's why, like, if you read Jenny Lawson and you don't like her, I might cry. Because I think that's an autumn humor book. But if not, I'm just going to be like, I give up. I give up, world. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not a humor person. <laughs> I mean, I like comedy. But anyway, it's not like stand-up comics. I'm very picky. Anyway, why is this like psychoanalysis with autumn? <laughs> Oh, but here we are talking about Goodreads, and we're moving on. So, what about your childhood, Autumn? What was that? Oh, <laughs> uh, moving on. So, some things that I have we have been enjoying is like reading challenges yes. and learning about book merchandise and fan sites, fan fiction, which is actually kind of interesting. It is interesting. Yeah, there's a whole world of stuff out there, and like I'm looking right now at a pin that I got from um, Literary Emporium that's like a quote from Frankenstein and um, just people like that who just make it easy to fulfill all of my bookish wants and needs. <laughs> Frostbeard candles. Frostbeard candles. We're huge fans of Frostbeard candles. I, I, I still haven't gotten one and I'm kind of getting what? desperate at this point. I thought you'd gotten one. No, I've never had a Frostbeard candle. I just sit there and I covet everything. Well, um, that Christmas is coming. Don't buy one without telling me first. <laughs> anyway, oh, speaking of, I guess I should mention um, also our Patreon page, which is kind of a form of social media, sort of, kind of. Um, but it, like even sites like that that connect bookish people together and help like, N.K. Jessamine has a Patreon page, doesn't she? She does. And she earns, like, that's how she earns basically her living is that she's found a way to fund her writing because she was working full time for someplace else all all through uh, most of her career until fairly recently. So, yeah. So even things like that are just there's just so many ways now to support your favorite authors and your favorite books. And, um, you know, there's even a lot of online bookstores have places where you can buy books online now and things like that. So it's just made overall just made reading in a lot of ways, a lot more accessible than it was when I was a kid. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of, sometimes I wish I could go back and tell past Kendra, you know, this is the time of blogging, start your book blog, <laughs> focus Kendra, <laughs> don't post photos, the total car. I know. <laughs> well, I just didn't, I don't know. I guess like, I didn't think anyone would take me seriously at that age. I didn't even take me seriously at that age, so. Well, you know, the London, is it the Times? The London Times? Of course, they call themselves just the Times because, you know, <laughs> they're the London Times. Anyway, so they posted this entire, like, article about booktubers, and one of them was a girl still in high school. She, uh... Like has gotten connections to because she's a writer. She wants the connections. She wants to publish a book one day, so she has connections through publicists. She also has like this huge following and all of this stuff. And I'm like, girl, you are like 17. It's amazing. Like it's just what is going on. I don't even tell you what I was doing when I was 17. It's too embarrassing. <laughs> 
So I think that's all of the things, uh, the initial ideas that we have for the Booktornet and social media and finding books and different things. We are very much interested in hearing what you guys have to say about this topic. In case you didn't know, we always put our show notes over on our website, which has a comment section. So you can go and comment and tell us all the things that you want to on the comments uh, over on our website. So that's something where we can interact on, on there or on social media. <laughs> yeah, we're always open to answering questions on Instagram or Twitter or Litzy or wherever you interact with us. For some reason, we get more like conversational comments on Litzy, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah, just if you've read something that we post about, let us know. We'd love to talk to you about it. So we definitely want to say thank you to the Friendlier Podcast for uh, collabing uh, with us on this. Definitely go check out their companion episode to this one over on their podcast. We'll have the link in our show notes as well as on our website. So definitely go check out them on social media and uh, all the things, which again, are linked down in our show notes. If you love us, uh, please definitely go check out iTunes, what are they call it now, Apple Podcasts, and review us or on Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate the reviews that you guys have given us so far. It really does mean the world for, to us. And also, if you want to learn more about new books and books by about women, definitely check out our newsletter, which again is linked down in the show notes because everything's linked in the show notes, guys. Everything. So that's the end of this very special fifth week of the month episode um thank you all for listening um join us next time we're going to be talking about books by black women authors for black history month and we've already read a lot of these books and oh my goodness so many good ones guys oh my goodness um but I will save all those comments until February. Um, as always, you can find The Reading Women on all the social media channels. We are on Goodreads. We are on Litzy. We are on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Um, and you can find us at The Reading Women. And then you can find Kendra on all the places at KD, D is in Dylan Winchester. And you can find me, Autumn Privet, at most of the same places. And thank you all so much for listening to the Reading Women podcast. And we will talk to you very soon. Bye, guys.